There's a second people see movie coming out. With Thomas Jane? Uh, I don't know, but I guarantee they should definitely call it the Deep Blue sequel. I'm out. I'm <laughs> <laughs> calling for your retirement. I love when he does this. <laughs> We're canceling this show. We're canceling this show. It's been a long yep. ride. But it ends here. We can't do it's this. It's been a long we can't do this time. <laughs> Chris leaves and this is what we get. <laughs> I told you. It was so cringe. I can't wait till we have the kind of fans where like, I was listening when Chris was on the show. That'll be a fun time. Connor made a terrible joke and then put his headset down again. I don't like the voices. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody I don't like when Connor like, hey, goes for the stand there. How many times are you going to put your headset down and do a joke from the corner of the room? <laughs> Sounds funny that way. Anyway, hi, I'm Connor McGraw. Welcome to Phantom Zone. I'm hi, joined I'm... Uh, that guy talking over my introduction. Uh, Go ahead. Hi, I'm Hunter Davenport. My hat is like a shark's fin. <laughs> Hi, my name is Alan Muir, and I'm the Internet Hobo. Hi, I'm Arlen Haro, and this is all an illusion. <laughs> I, really was, I was really hoping all three of I you were, like, was like, my head is like a shark fin. Uh, I don't know why we're getting a deep uh, sequel. I couldn't I hear it, to say it. I hear it's going straight to sci-fi, so really it doesn't matter. Michael Beach is going to be in it. Oh, really? Who the fuck is that? He, he, he was on uh, Pitch. He played Jenny Baker's father. He's going to be in, he may be uh, Black Manta's dad in Aquaman. He was, he was casting that. You can read that story I wrote on the, on the Harrow. Seamless plug. Yeah, a, a, the fi- a fine place for all kinds of... ready for that one. Ah, that was a little forced. Yeah. <laughs> all right, great, so like, yeah, a fine place for, for, for reading. I don't know why I'm doing yours. Plug like Orson Welles in that fucking wine commercial. <laughs> ah, yes, the finest... So, here's a question. Here's a question that I pose for you on this episode, this After Dark special. Mm-hmm. What unnecessary sequel do you want the most? Oh wow! Oh man! Dawn of the um, Dead two. There's, I think there's been a Dawn of the Dead two. No, no, no I'm talking oh, about, boy. I'm talking about a con- direct sequel to the, how the, the the Zack Snyder movie ended. Yeah, oh, and they, I, would actually, I would actually take that. Yeah, um, only I, if they take the script from Zombie Two, uh, the Lucio. Yes. Yeah, the only fight? if they do that. Oh, Hunter, oh, have fuck. you ever seen Zombie Two? Well, I don't think most people have, but no, it's kind of a. It's they a, know like, the shark fight. No, I have not. Oh, a zombie fights a shark. I am. Mm. What? Yeah, zombie. It's and it's, yep. I see a zombie fight the shark. This movie was filmed in like the seventies. So when I see a zombie fights a shark, I mean a guy in zombie make- makeup is underwater, like just like just flapping his arms back and fucking forth, like doing stunt work with an actual shark. Yeah, yeah that is fucking amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> Set to like weird swanky seventies synthesizer horror music. It's it's incredible. Things the are movie's crazy. awesome. Things are crazy in Italy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. True story. We're, we're gonna hear it end up devolving and talking about horror movies again, but Italian zombie movies, during the time like City of the Living Dead, Zombie, um, all that stuff, they're all like nuts. Yeah. Because like, the Italians them, didn't give a shit. City of the Living Dead well, is like basically a bunch of like, I guess, quote unquote zombies. It's mostly just dudes that look like, that look like they have algae growing from their face. They just assault a city with machetes. 
Yeah. I'm like, you're zombies. I'm like, why aren't you biting people? No, they got machetes, though. They got tools for the They got hands. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. They got hands, man. We got hands. We don't need the teeth. I mean, we got hands solo. God damn. Can we not make this episode? I guess. Well, I guess if we're on the um, unneeded sequels, unnecessary sequels. Um, Let's talk about Han Solo. <laughs> well, no, that Jumanji trailer. Um, oh my god! Which yeah. I, which I didn't uh, watch look, yet because I saw like I, it, it was auto playing on Facebook, and as soon as they picked up the video game controllers, I was like, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, I made but, a mistake. Okay. I heard Here. my sister told me about it. I watched it, and mm. I don't know how I feel about it. it it look, it, um, feel, it doesn't I'm, look bad. Right. It just looks like it looks all right. Like it, it looks, looks it's mediocre. It's it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. If I was un- seven, yeah, it would be my jam. That's what I'll say. Um, but I'm not seven, so it's, it's I don't, not. Okay, I like it, this is a product of the Rock realizing he is now untouchable, and mm-hmm. he can do whatever the fuck you want. Which is right. why we're getting a page movie, by the way. Um, yeah. Yes. And like for years, I was yes. like, "We're not getting." A, I was like, "We're not getting a rampage movie." And then like, there's like photos and videos recently from the set. I'm like, "We're getting a rampage." Movie. Oh yeah. Oh, it'll be great. It's weird. like I don't know. It's like everything The Rock does is like it's gonna make money hand over fists. Doesn't mean it's gonna be good. True. I think The Rock is to that point where like he's not oversaturated, but I think he's again, like I said, he realized that he can just do whatever the fuck he wants, and people are gonna pay for it anyway. Almost like how wrestling is now. They're going to fucking just give you garbage and then expect you to just take it. I yeah. Was, I was going to make a quote from The Walking Dead with Negan. Comic, not the shitty TV show. Mm. Uh, there's some people in the group who would take you for that. Yeah, a, a lot of people. Uh, Come at me, see. bro. Do you even lift? I don't even... <laughs> oh, my God. What the fuck? Who are you? Uh, sorry, I just say that because that a, was... a friend of mine when you see the podcast would have said that a lot. I don't even think the show is terrible. It's just like it's just. I think it's. I think its pacing is horrendous at times. That's really about it. I, I just think it's repetitive. Like, by the but when we got to season was it four or five, um, where I just felt like it was the same thing that we'd already seen, and it it's just like okay, how many times are they gonna find a new home and then it just gets torn to shit and There's, they make the exact same mistakes well, every that's... time it just got uh, it just became like oh this again and you're not doing anything interesting but, with it but it's funny though well no yeah. I wouldn't say it's funny it's more I like failed, I failed to take the comment it's witty <laughs> there's there was uh, supposed to be a crossover though like not wait a... I'm thinking of I'm sorry I'm thinking of fucking um what is it called? A series of unfortunate events for some reason. Hmm. Why are you... Th- what? I, spa- I spaced out for a second. I thought you- yeah, I know. There was I spaced out for a series of unfortunate events, though. That's something that I'm like... I, I want season two. Like that- It's soon. a good show. I just want to say yeah. one one thing about Walking Dead before we move on. Right. Uh, Glenn Mazzara, who was show was ex- like showrunner after Darabon left. And, and right. Halfway through season two. To about... I think the end of season three or four. Two's the end of season three, yeah. They announced he was leaving though, like when season three was still airing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was supposed to appear on Sons of Anarchy and get 
and get killed off as like a guest spot because him and Kurt Sutter are, are friends. Hmm. Kurt Sutter was supposed to do do a cameo on Walking Dead. Shit. And now that's uh, never gonna what, happen. What if What if Sons of Anarchy takes place in the Walking Dead universe? Oh shit. What about you the- got me interested in two things that I don't have much interest in. Actually, I. Dare I say you've lessened my interest in one of those things? Because <laughs> there's there was all the remember all those theories that uh, Breaking Bad took place in in the Walking Dead universe and that, and that fucking oh that those theories still Walter are there White, and that Walter White's fucking crazy ass crystal meth was the reason why the the zombie virus broke out in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah, very stupid. That is why the internet is sometimes a bad thing. Yep, I, those people should have their internet taken away from them. Yes. <laughs> I think I think the worst ones are the people who try to work Madman into that theory somehow. Yeah, what the I, I had to explain to someone today that there is a theory about Greece that involves um the the idea that uh what's her face is just dead the whole time and the entire film <coughs> is just her brain firing off fucking signals while she's drowning in the beginning of the movie. Which movie? Yeah. Greece. <laughs> Greece. That's amazing. What? I love that. Yeah, it's really yeah. strange. Um because Danny saves her from drowning before yeah, the movie so actually begins. There's a fan theory that the whole film is just <laughs> her having some kind of weird daydream as her brain as she's going brain dead. Um, right. And that's and why, the, and that's why the ending is so strange, where the the car literally flies away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so dumb. I love it. I, it's, it's fucking stupid. The only thing I remember yeah. about Greece was that there was a scene. Was all I remember is one scene. A guy, uh-huh. uh, I think an Asian guy who was a greaser, because that happens. Hmm. Uh, something happened where he swallowed a cigarette? I don't know. This sounds I don't, like a... I, I don't know, and here's the hottest take of the whole episode. I fucking hate Grease, so I don't know. Same. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't like musicals in general, so I don't really remember much. I, 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 um, I, I'm hard to impress at musicals. Yeah, what about, occasionally what about a Book of Mormon happens, but no, duet's fine. But like Book of Mormon, South Park, Sweeney Todd, uh, Family Opera. I fucking love Family Opera for some reason. I think Family Opera is great, and like the music is not what I would listen to mm-hmm. in my day. And I think it's really good. Yeah, so I'd probably just you know, Phantom of the Opera is going to be in a dark universe. <laughs> the Dooku? Uh, the Dooku. It's a different. <laughs> it's a different. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, Funhouse is calling it. I know. I, I just wasn't prepared for you Wait, to know what that, that like was. A, is that a fucking abbreviation for something? The, yeah, it's the Dark Universe. The Dooku. God, the Dark Universe Cinematic Universe. <laughs> God fucking damn it. I was watching be- Relationship Goals earlier today, and J- and what James Holmes was, was like, The Dooku? The, yeah, the Dooku. God, I love Funhouse. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's a shame they're Nazis. So. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> they're not Nazis. Stop. Fucking Alan dropping a bomb. Um. Uh, what the? F- the fucking that dark universe shit. That fell in face of me. Yeah, and I'm I'm really pissed God, about I it. Wish, I wish. I really want. I really want. Fucking bad. I want to see Wolfman fight Dracula. Like, I know. 
That's all I want. I want that. That's all I want. That's all I need. There's only one person who's winning up. with the Dooku, and that's Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's not even Tom. Like Tom Cruise is just like a is is an unfortunate side effect of that whole thing because Tom Cruise is not as terrible as people like to think he is. Yeah, he's great. Exhibit yeah. A. Edge of Tomorrow. Um, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is fucking great. Let me tell everybody something. Tom, Tom Cruise is a pretty goddamn good actor. He's just nuts. Yeah, he only there's a reason Japan is obsessed with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that Dark Universe uh, stuff pissed me off though. It really just it makes me so mad. That bad. I'm amazed how we, how far we've derailed. <laughs> what do you mean derail? We didn't have a rail to be on. Yeah, it, it's a so. It's a solid idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a solid it's... idea they can't seem to formulate because they're like, oh, they're going to be action movies. Ah, they're going to be horror movies. They're going to be action movies. They're going to be horror movies. Right. Uh, and they can't seem to figure out should... the fuck they want out of this. I mean, the like, reality I... is everyone, everyone just wants uh, like, spooky gothic horror movies. That's it. Just How yeah. hard is that? Just do it. And if you want to add uh, cool. action you adventure, just... you can do that. There's no problem with that. Just do it well. And then you make, yeah. then you make the Monster Avengers. Like yeah, and did. and they have to team up against one of the monsters. It's really easy. You've already yeah. established one of them. The mummy. They all have to team up against the mummy. Boom. Second one. They all have to team up against I did read a cracked article. <laughs> one of the ones that was good because most of what they do now is shit. Um, yeah, cracked. Up. That said, like one of the biggest problems with shared universes now is that there's there's these common tropes that keep popping up that I didn't even realize. Uh, and they even did in the fucking in the Dooku. Um. There's always. Oh, I love that this is taking off. And there's, there's always a. There seems to be always a weird governing body that is bringing everything together. Shield. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's Argus slash uh, uh, Cadmus in the uh, DCEU. Is it Cadmus? Uh, I don't know. I think, Ar- is... I think Argus. Some, but like, isn't it between, technically between... FlexCorp? Yeah, there's that too. Like, but there's still like weird corporate slash government stuff going on. In the Dooku, Man. it's the it's fucking what is it? Uh, it whatever the hell it was. And then in Godzilla, it's, uh, it's, there's fucking uh, monarch, monarch. Like, but monarch monarch makes sense because it's like that's a monarch. Thing. Monarch is also apparently terrible at what they do. Yes, they're they're fucking awful. Monarch monarch sucks. They they're don't really do anything. Awful. In fact, I think most of what they do in Kong Skull Island is get told how terrible they are and then die. And then and then show people, right. people pictures of things, yeah, of cave drawing, which is funny because I'm like I love Kong Skull Island. It's it's fantastic. It's way yeah, better it's than Godzilla. Good movie. Um, it's actually Whoa. exciting. And you I don't, don't know have about to, that. Yeah, I really. No, it's I really better. liked Godzilla. I I, I like okay, that movie. I love Godzilla, but here's the difference: you can watch Kong Skull Island twice in a row and be like, "This is just as exciting." And if you watch Godzilla twice in a row, you're like, "Wow, it's a really long time for a Godzilla oh, shows I, up." And I have to watch see, Aaron Taylor Johnson saying. just float along the plot like a piece of fucking wood doing nothing. And then they, oh, and then yeah, they kill yeah. Walter White off screen. I, I think yeah. the, the best way to watch that movie is to pay attention to the first half hour, um, not pay attention at all for about an hour, and yeah. then come back. Um, that's the perfect way to watch. I still, I still say it, it like for an American Godzilla movie, it gets <clears> the idea of oh, what yeah, Godzilla no, movies Godzilla are. Once Godzilla shows up, the movie's a hell of a good time. The problem is waiting for him to actually show up, and like I said, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character is like worthless. He is a blank, but also human. Yeah, meat no, who just kind of bobs along the whole way. Like he's like a fucking buoy. He just kind of just sits there and floats along the river called the plot. Yeah, uh, Connor, when we do when we do the episodes of those that secret project we're working on, you're gonna be real surprised when you find out all of them are like that. <laughs> 
they're all just blank slates. Yeah, well, Godzilla's the... human characters aren't good. Yeah, ever. but I watched uh, uh, Shin Godzilla, Godzilla with Surgeons, and like the human characters in that are like fascinating because it's a bunch of government boobs. Yeah, who, like they're all are, fucking idiots. Are and all, it's... we're all like transparently stupid. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, but that's I'm... but that's the joke. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Neon Genesis or whatever, but it's the same writer. Um, yeah, it's so it it explains a lot, and it's so, someone who's seen fifty years of Godzilla who is commenting on those fifty years. Yeah, so yeah. <clears throat> whereas the two thousand thirteen movie, they're just trying to make like a distillation of what all Godzilla movies are. Yeah, and that's yeah, how I. Like, no, stop, and I'm, I'm not saying Godzilla twenty fourteen is terrible by any means of the imagination, but like repeat viewings don't do that movie any good. No, it does not. Oh, I, agree. I think I I really hope that um in. Uh, King of the Monsters, they kind of show him more because, like, yeah. they, they've kind of they've kind of blew their load on building up because that movie has the best payoff. Like yeah. I've no, seen in a Godzilla best, movie ever. That movie has the best Godzilla like victory sequence probably oh, yeah. in any Godzilla, except yeah, for maybe when fucking great. except for when in she Godzilla Final pick? Wars when Godzilla fucking destroys the American Godzilla in like two seconds <laughs> and just blows him up off screen because that's how they feel so, about and, American and Godzilla. Then X, and then and then. An X calls him a tuna head. It's really funny. <laughs> um, but Kong Skull Island is like a huge improvement because you don't have to wait for Kong to show up, and when he does, he's oh, immediately no. wrecking shit, and you can see, you get a no, full I... view of how big he is, and like, when Godzilla's not on screen, you're getting crazy shit like that soldier getting impaled by a big bamboo spider leg. Yeah, The movie's horrifically like... violent for being feature 13. It is, it is terrifyingly graphic. Well, it's because it's like, it's supposed to be them they're not in their world like it's supposed to be just like shocking yeah it's one of the it's one of the best modern monster films i've seen because it gave me that sense of like wow that shit is really dangerous and like uh will just like most of what's on screen can like wreck you in seconds yeah Yeah. they'll fucking murder you if you if you let them um and everything's just like i said the bamboo stuff the bamboo spider was really cool the um the skull crawlers were really interesting however i want to make a note about toby kebble and how unfortunate it was to see him get murdered off screen in that film because that dude's a hell of an actor and he seems to always get the shaft in any movie what? he's in. He's he does what, not what is get it about Monsterverse treated well. What is what? it about uh uh water uh Monsterverse movies where they kill a character off screen? Yeah. I don't know. What? Like in, Why his, do like, that? like Brian Cranston at least like you get to see him like kind of like starting to crash. And Toby Kebbell literally turns around, sees a skull crawler, and then, like, we get a spatter of blood, and he's gone. Yeah. yeah. And the next time we see him, he is bones. Yeah. yeah. But, like, he, also, he, he did the mocap for... Well, I mean, he's, he's extremely talented. He did the mocap for Godzilla. He did the mocap yeah. for um, Koba in... <sighs> really? Yes. Human. What? Yeah. T- Toby, Toby Kebbell is amazing. He was Doom and Fantastic Four. He's the best part of it. Um, yeah. No, Michael just, B. Jordan was. God. I found no, no, no Doom he, blowing no. up people's heads. Doom going full Cronenberg on people in that movie is like the best. He's 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 in full scanners mode. I found um, that movie in my closet the other day. We gotta watch that soon. <laughs> do we have to? Um, so yes. at some point, he's also in, he's in the first two though. He's in so. Prince of Persia and he's great in that. And then his best role by far is in Rock and Roller, where he plays a drugged out missing an action rock star 
who is just like a, he's a, he's like fucking Bugs Bunny the whole film. He doesn't shut up. He just keeps bouncing around everywhere. In some part of the movie, he's just spinning revolvers in front of a camera in slow motion, and then one of them's a lighter, and he spins it up to his mouth and lights a cigarette. Yeah, That's I think the other okay. I think there's so rock and roll is. Rock and Rolla is so goddamn good, and Toby yeah. Kebbell is the best part of it. Gerard Butler's in it, Tom Hardy's in it, Idris Elba is in it, Mark Strong is in it, uh, Tom Wilkinson is in it. Yeah, I, I love Kebbell. I think I think he has one of the better Black Mirror episodes also, like which just makes it really oh, unfair. Right. He's in Black Mirror. He's Yeah, he's in the episode with where he's jealous of his wife, and he's like getting really angry with her, and he's just drinking the entire time, and he's like, Forcing her to give her give him his her recording or whatever, it's a yeah one of the better episodes for he sure. He has a, a great sequence in Rock and Roller. I think Mark Strong's character is slapping him around, and he just starts he puts on a fake crying voice. He's like he's like don't beat me up, I'm only little. <laughs> <laughs> fucking best. Um, yeah, I forget. Kimmel deserves better well, for sure. One of my favorite parts of Skull Island was the Bendu when he made an appearance. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what was that? I like I like the giant water buffalo. Yeah, that the Bendu. The oh, okay. It's a also, giant like, water why? And here's some, and there's something else the cracked article mentioned about shared universes. There's always a dude who's like an everyman superhuman superhero character. Like, why was Tom Hiddleston like? Why did he suddenly become Indiana Jones in that movie? Because he's James Bond. So. <laughs> <laughs> Like they say, he's like they, SAS. Like when he puts on so. the, he puts on the gas mask and takes the machete out and starts like one shotting all those flying pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah. That I thought was, it was awesome, but like it was a valid issue they brought up. It's like um, <laughs> they were comparing him and Tom Cruise's character, who for some reason, as far as I understand, in the Mummy movie becomes a supernaturally superpowered whatever. He becomes the fuck. raw apparently. Which oh my god, raw is he becomes rawhead Rex. No, right. as, in, <laughs> as in the god, as no. in the god of death, Ra. No, god, um, yeah. the god of sun. Anubis yeah. is the god of death. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no, does he become but, Anubis? Uh, then? Like my, my nerd is showing. Back to my point about the monster movies, though. Like, how do you mess that up? I just don't understand. Like, where um, you know, where Universal has the same problem that Sony has. They want a piece of this big shared Universal pie. And they're trying it with Universal Transformers, right? No, that's Paramount. No, that's Paramount. Yeah, okay. um, uh, I think so. No, um, Universal wants a universe, like everybody does. Yes. And it's so getting Paramount. really annoying. Yeah. <clears throat> because they're chasing trends instead of trying to make new ones. Like, um, yeah, they're not... Aren't they doing like what they're doing in, in comics right now with the, like Mask, G.I. Joe, Transformers? I don't... See, here's the thing. I, I don't understand why they just don't copy what they did in the old days. Like, mm. I was like, gonna say, like they did they this had... already. Why don't you just do it again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, really easy. Like, it's what people want. Like, and the, and yeah. the funny thing about that is, like, those characters were set, were technically public domain, so right. like they could do Abbott and Costello meets the Wolfman and not have to worry about getting fucking Lon Chaney or Lon Chaney Jr. because it's the Wolfman. It's technically kind of a public domain character. Yeah, well, so yeah, is Dracula. Theirs, but yeah, Dracula is public domain at this point. Which yeah, most of those characters are. Was um, it was it Dra- Dracula Untold or I Frankenstein that was supposed to be the, like the re- the relaunch of Dracula Dracula Untold? Uh, <clears throat> Untold was after the movie was already done. They went back in and added another scene in which... Um, God. Ty- Let the game Tyron, begin. Tywin Lannister? Tywin shows up at the very end, and he's like, 
in the modern day, and he's uh, apparently he says something about other monsters or whatever. That's says, a damn shame um, because Luke Evans looks really fucking convincing says, in that red ass dragon armor. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Wasn't Rick on Stark in that episode? Like, I mean, not an episode in that movie. I think so. maybe I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if half of the Game of Thrones cast was in that movie at some point or another. I mean, um, hell, Jesse Custer is in that movie. A lot of the Game I mean, of Thrones yeah. cast was in my favorite canceled Netflix show, Residue. I mean, cause here's the thing: like we've seen a good Dracula. The NBC Dracula that they did a couple years ago was yeah. actually really good. With John um, Rice, my yeah, eyes. yeah, and it was yeah. it was really good. It was like Iron Man, but Dracula, and like it yeah. was their take on Redfield Look, was interesting. Um, they also, I mean, my favorite my favorite vampire movie of all time is still John Carpenter's Vampires. So. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> that movie is such a good time. When he slices a guy in half with his hand, with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's <laughs> James Woods. James Woods is the most James Woodsy you'll ever see him in that movie. Like, what does he say to the fucking padre in the car? He's like, he's like a crucifix. He's like a vampire walking you, shove that crucifix up your ass while breaking your neck. Fuck your crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> so good. He's going full James Woods in that. Yeah. I heard recently James Woods loves God. the character of Hades so much that he will do it in any form of media ever. He came I in for the TV show. He did every Kingdom Hearts appearance. He will? Yes. He, he loves, loves Hades. Thanks, Connor. Yeah. Now, now this the James Woods song from Family Guys. He does, Guy it, he does it so well. Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Um, oh, God. I love James Woods and Family Guy. <laughs> Ooh, a piece of candy. Oh, yeah, Family Guy's not terrible, everybody. Family Guy just got progressively more James. intolerable. Well, South Park yeah. is so yeah, good. Up. Fuck her up, Black Canary. Sorry, I'm, I'm watching her fucking do my AI load out here. I am balls deep in Injustice 2, everybody, uh, finally. And this game is tits. And I, really I, talked about it, I talked about it off mic, or, well, off show. The AI loadouts is, like, the most broken way of me just earning bullshit items in this game. Where I can just set a computer loadout for this and just watch them beat the piss out of itself. Mm. And, and it's bringing out, like I said in the chat, it's bringing out my inner DC nerd really hard. Because you can set, I think, five different, uh, like, loadouts for each character. So, like, I'm like, I'm not going to do this randomly. I'm going to theme every single one of them. I have a I have a Suicide Squad exclusive Deadshot loadout already. I already have a I already have a Barry Allen, Wally West, Reverse Flash, and Savitar builds for Flash. <laughs> wait, how did you wait? What's which Savitar? I'm doing well. Okay, I'm doing Future Flash. Let's let's put it that way. It's a blue outfit with some cool shit. Future Flash. You're, yeah, you're, God. You're I, won't, I won't call him. I won't call him. Flash? I won't call him Savitar. Well, I'm, I'm calling him Future Flash. What about um? Uh, what's his name? There and there's a Kid Flash color scheme too, so I can I can I can make a Wally West build. What about? Uh, oh boy, here he comes! Fucking Alan's gonna hit me with some obscure ass speedster who hasn't been seen in thirty years. No, I was gonna say Alan's uh, be like, "What about the accelerated man? <laughs> what about Max Mercury? Oh, you can get the- you can get gear themed after him. So I got like a Max Mercury helmet." I got a Johnny Quick helmet. I got leggings that are like Jesse Quick Savage leg greaves, something like that. They all have like weird Diablo-esque names. I was gonna ask how are how are you how far are you towards getting 
the Godspeed gear. Uh, I might have to pay for that. Or I think I have to do one of the really hard uh, multiverse events. That's it's called it's a it's a it's a color scheme called the gods. It's uh, I think it's yeah it's called Godskin. Everybody has it, and it basically just make, turns them all silver and white. And there's some there's some flash gear that's kind of helmeted, uh, that's very armored up. And I gotta find that first. Gear is very, it's a hit or miss thing. It's there's no there's no set system of getting gear. It's all random. So no, it's all like it's all like randomized. It's yeah, very destiny. It is it is it is the very epitome of loot system from like big open RPG games. But like it's in a fighting game, so it's really strange, but it's really addicting. Like I said, but there's. <laughs> There's color schemes for Green Arrow where you can do them as uh, Arsenal and Speedy. So, and then Damian Wayne uh, accuses him of cosplaying at one point. It's really funny. Yes. Are you? I was. Cosplaying? I was actually. I was playing uh, as Batman against Damian, and like after round one, like I I beat Damian in round one, and like you know they just they taunt each other, and like Damian hits the ground, and Batman fucking adjusts his wrist and goes, "You're dead to me." I was like, "Shit." <laughs> I was like, that's your son. Can we talk about how bad of a father Batman is? Well, okay. Let's <laughs> let's say this. There's a reason why Goku is the best fighter in the universe in Dragon Ball Z. It's because he's a terrible, he's a terrible. And, a terrible and a terrible father. Yeah. He's Batman's kind of the same way. Batman is as good as he is and teaches his apprentices to, and successors to be good as they are because it's a shit dad. <laughs> he's really bad at it. It's terrible. Yeah, it's funny. he's kind of terrible. Them. I just discovered there is a a YouTube channel uh, called DC Universe Abridged, and they did abridged versions of Assault on Arkham, uh, Justice League War, and Thrones of Atlantis, and they are fantastic. I'll have to check they turn, that out, then. They turned Superman into a crazy, right-wing, semi-racist, immigrant-hating, um, <laughs> like, like, witchcraft-accusing idiot. So, Ultimate Captain like, America. Green Lantern shows up, and he's like, Green Lantern shows up, he's like, witchcraft! Go back to Massachusetts, Alphaba! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and then, like, he shows up to Batman, and he goes, like, he thinks he just accuses Batman of being a goth. <laughs> and he, he, I can't remember who he p- picks up, he's like, he's like, he's like, tell me where you're hiding, or I'll deport you. <laughs> you should uh, get a yellow wig or orange wig. <laughs> I, th- I think that's the joke. Um, they turned uh, what, they, like I think in Thrones of Atlantis they give Aquaman like in that movie for some reason I think he's talking to a lobster in his house because he's like he doesn't know he's Aquaman yet. It's a weird origin story, and they just voice the, the lobster like Zoidberg. That's all it is. Thomas. <laughs> okay, I have, to, going, he, I have to watch he's it like, now. Oh, also yes, you're the uh, the Throne of Atlantis. Uh, yeah, it's really good. And Assault on Arkham, uh, King Shark becomes basically Groot, and all he says is, I am a shark. Um, and uh, KG Beast has probably line of the entire movie where it's the beginning of Assault on Arkham where they're all being addressed by Waller, and she tells him, and I guess in the action movie, she's like, yeah, you can go ahead and leave, and she blows his head up. Um, but in this one, she tells him there's pancakes outside, and he's like, He's like, I'm going to eat the pancakes. I will eat enough. I do not share. I can eat the size of whole family. Hell, I eat whole family. <laughs> <laughs> and then he dies. That is so great. <laughs> and there's a, there's a plot twist. In, have any of you seen Assault on Arkham? No. It's really good. Um, but I guess it, it, some of the movies... I, I, I have seen it. Yeah, but when Batman disguises himself as Spider, 
Um, and Spider, I guess, is a black character, but later on, Batman is basically taking his costume. And, like, when he's, like, unmasked, Deadshot looks at him and goes, really? Blackface? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I know... Awesome. The only thing I know about also on Ar- Arkham is that uh, Harley hooks up with Deadshot. Yes. Um, Assault on Arkham's really good. It's a better Suicide Squad movie than the Suicide, mo- Suicide Squad yep. movie we actually got. It also has Black Spider in it, so it's immediately better. Yeah, it's got Black Spider, King Shark, Harley, uh, Killer Frost, KG Beast for the two. KG Beast fills the uh, the Slipknot role. Um, Who? Yeah, KG Beast. Hang loose. Um, you mean hang yeah. loose? Hang loose. Um, uh, 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 who else? Uh, Captain Boomerang, uh, Deadshot, Waller, Batman, Joker, um, Riddler, Bane. And it's set in the Arkhamverse, so everyone's drawn like they're from the Arkham game. So once Bane breaks yeah. out, he's like, he's literally, he's Titan Bane. He's fucking massive. Who voices uh, Joker? Uh, it's John DiMaggio, isn't it? Oh no! Oh, in that one, I don't remember who voices uh, Joker in the actual film. But whoever they got for the abridged episode needs to be paid handsomely to fill in for Mark Hamill when Mark Hamill is eventually no longer among us, because this dude has got it. Whatever that I don't know I, I don't know where you learn to pick up like the exact vocal patterns and cadences of Mark Hamill's Joker, but he's got it down perfectly. It's indistinguishable at times. <laughs> oh, uh, wait um, for Assault on Arkham? No, for the abridged version. For the, oh. for the independently edited okay, YouTube. It was uh, Troy Baker. Yeah, Joker. he was in the original, but for this abridged version, it would have to be someone. Yeah, that's... It's a rando. It's some dude who has a... He's a YouTube name. That's all I know him as. <clears> his <throat> name. Yeah, he's just some dude. Well, Troy Baker did, um... Troy Baker did Assault on... Not Assault on Arkham. Troy Baker did Origins. Yeah. He did all right. And he's, yeah, yeah but he also did... He also did the official track for Assault, I believe. I might be wrong on that. Yeah. But I they couldn't get Hamill, so... Yeah. Um, He was doing Star Wars. From, but no, mm-hmm. came out shortly after... Stirwers. After Arkham Origins, I can't remember which one. So if it is Troy Baker, it's probably he's riding high. He's riding off of Origins. So I have two. Yeah. I have two trivia's or two pieces of trivia for for you guys. Guess who played mm. Deadshot? Who voiced Deadshot? In Will Smith. Arkham? Yeah. Will Smith. Carlton from Fresh Prince Bel Air. <laughs> the same guy who did it in Arkham Origins. Neil McDonough. Oh, oh, shut oh the, what? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's him. And so, uh, old Neil. Slam cut to him in icy water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, that's going to be in the cover. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I was talking to someone at work today about Ravenous, and I didn't tell... I, I, there's no way I could tell him about that scene in particular because it would ruin the effect. We were, we got into it, and this is probably where we'll diverge to talking about weird freaky shit again. We got into a th- it was so dead at work today. We got into a three hour discussion about missing people, weird events, unexplained occurrences, and just weird creepy shit. Mm. It it's because one of our one of our doctors said he had shoulder surgery recently, and just like on his phone fell down a YouTube rabbit hole, like looking up like stories about missing people. Yeah. Okay. But that's not <laughs> serial <Yeah>. killer. <laughs> Nah, I wonder if they know. I do. Whereas we, you go on YouTube and go, "All right, cracks your knuckles. Look up. Let's look up the next top fifteen videos about weird, creepy shit caught on camera." Yeah. Did you talk about Elisa Lamb at all? 
We Dude, did. That's... We talked about H.H. H. Holmes and how both of those events took place in the same hotel. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah, H.H. Holmes. H.H. Holmes. <gasps> dungeon. Well, he... Hotel that Holmes Elisa... had multiple hotels, though. That's the thing. What so, if what H.H. The... Holmes killed Elisa Lamb? <gasps> oh, shit. I'm pretty sure he's we very... We cracked dead. the code. I, also, I think... I think the theory that she was doing the elevator game is true. Now, whether that means anything or not, I don't know. But is the elevator game? So the idea is that if you hit the right button and you take the right or a certain elevator, it will bring you to a parallel dimension. Um, That's stupid. Yeah, and the idea. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, but it's an old old idea. My last or my. Second of, I just added another trivia thing. The second one is kind of pretty easy. Of who voiced Waller? Um, CC Pounder. Yeah, and that this will mainly affect the next one is gonna, probably going to affect Connor because he'll know the the character. Yes. Mm. Uh. Captain Boomerang was voiced by the same voice actor who does Cullen in the Dragon Age games. Cullen. Who, like, he was in the Inquisition, he was Knight Commander or Cullen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know Cullen. He's, I mean, he's practically useless. He just stands around and looks cross the whole time. And Giancarlo <laughs> Esposito plays Black, voices Black Spider. Well, I mean, he's Batman for all intents and purposes, so... <laughs> Black Spider that's, rules. That's the twist, everybody. And Why don't sorry. we have a Black Spider movie? Sorry for the spoilers for a fight. Um, because Black Spider sounds like a Spider-Man. <laughs> well, he. I also well, and... I also didn't know who the fuck Black Spider was until I saw Assault on Arkham. So yeah, he's fucking cool. You best show respect. Yeah, John. He'll show up in an Arkham game. I'm sure. John DiMaggio voice King Shark. I'm, I'm sure he'll be in. A... Of course he did. I'm sure he'll be in uh, the next Arkham game that's rumored to come out, which is, I think, from the same developers as Origins. It's yeah. going to take place after Origins, so before Asylum. That's right. a weird so Ar- set of continuity. Uh, Gen Hell versus three... Frost. Hmm. Interesting. And Nolan North vo- voices KG Beast. Of and... course Nolan North is in the movie somewhere. And, <laughs> and he reprises his role as Oswald Cobblepot. Jesus Christ. It's, I can't I believe they got him to be fucking Penguin. Yeah. You know, all in, in every one of those games, except for Origins. I don't think, yeah, but, actually, I think it is him in Origins. Yeah, it is. It is him in Origins. I'm, okay, I, I know also, that Origins is a soft, is a, is a touchy situation. However, there's a section of that game that is hilarious just to watch. And it's everything from the Electrocutioner quote-unquote boss fight up to when Batman gets in the room yes. with Penguin and starts literally throwing him around the room like he's a bag of garbage. It's the yeah, no, it's funniest funny. fucking shit because he's picking him up like four feet off the ground and just throwing him 15 feet away and slamming him into walls. Yeah. Because the Penguin can't physically defend himself in the Arkham game. <laughs> he's like, he's like a every, hobbit. Almost. Every time he has a confrontation with Batman in those games, it is usually ended with a single punch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, you I think even gun. even the beginning of Arkham City, like when he's beating up Bruce Wayne, like st- regular ass Bruce Wayne hands him his ass in seconds. It's it's kind of <laughs> sad. Just, he breaks his hand. 
He has Bruce it's Wayne has cuffs so on. Good. He has cuffs on, and he just he just he not only does he own every one of Penguin's dudes, he breaks his hand and then knocks Penguin out. Job out so hard. The electrocutioner boss fight, however, is funny every time I watch it because this time I even waited. Like I let him stand there, and he's just like he's walking back and forth. He's like he's like once I tell Black Mask I kill you, I take money. Blah 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 oh, blah, blah 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 for fifteen seconds, and then just press X and just a cutscene of Batman spin kicking him in the face and knocking him out in one shot. <laughs> so funny. Alan, have you played Origins? Oh man, I love Origins. Okay, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say if you haven't you've never seen like, the electrocutioner boss fight, it's the, no, no, it's I, the no, no, I did that. Greatest I did. boss fight in the history of video games. The uh, I think he like shows up, he's like full health bar and everything, and they like they trick you into thinking it's gonna be an actual fight, and then yeah. bam, yeah. it's over. They, and I was like, the first time that happened, I had to pause the game after it reloaded because I was in tears. I uh, got as far as I. How far into the game are the is the first is the intro the Deathstroke intro fight? Uh, um, imme- it's immediately after the electrocutioner stuff. It's basically where yeah. you get the penguins from. Yeah, and I just did that the, recently, and I like I I'm so good at the Arkham games at this point that I did the Deathstroke fight without ever having him engage me with the grappling hook. That's cool. So he never really? hit me with the exploding barrels. I kept him on the ground the whole time, and just like I was never off of him. I think I had like a you know how like you can only hit him in small bursts. Yeah. I think I had like a twenty-five hit combo on Deathstroke for this last boss fight. Yeah, Deathstroke is even. Connor. I don't think he's <laughs> the hardest boss. I think it's like Bane when he goes like full like okay, insano no. mode. Bane oh, yeah. goes full Titan mode because that's what it is. It's a weird little reference to Titan formula in Arkham Asylum. He is legitimately terrifying. Yeah. Uh, one because he no longer resembles a human. He more resembles a hippopotamus with a human face. Um. <laughs> He he is massive, and if he grabs you, you're dead instantly. Yeah, he just kills you. Um, but the way but, he's like, even the way he's animated when he first takes the Titan form, like he pukes up a bunch of green venom and just roars, and he just he stops forming human words. <laughs> Mostly, I but he's still doing the. He's like Batman. Must find the Batman. <laughs> it's so good. I'm so mad that the end. Uh... Coda for uh, Arkham Origins with mm. with Wall- Waller approaching a bunch of people about it suicide. Never goes school. anywhere. He yeah, Deathstroke, and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, the 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 canceled Suicide Squad game. I think, that... I think Deathstroke is probably the most interesting part of the game, especially like one. I love that boss fight. I know Arlen has issues with it because this game glitched out on him, but like when you finish it, he like takes Deathstroke's sword throws it into the wall behind him, and then Deathstroke just looks at him and goes, What are you? <laughs> and Batman just knocks him out. Who voices him? I don't know, but he's really good. Because yeah. it, should have been, it should be Ron Perlman. Um, ooh. It's Neil McDonough. I hope it's Neil McDonough. <laughs> Probably. And then he Neil just goes, ah! <laughs> I love all those Arkham games, to be but, honest. Uh, like, the, uh, they're I, so good. Even Arkham Knight, as problematic as it is, is still fantastic. Anybody who says the game is terrible has really bad taste in what is a good yeah, game. Because a, a game can be problematic, but a game, like... That game is so fucking ambitious. Yeah. It's not like the Bethesda games, but on a, on a much smaller scale. The Bethesda games are so ambitious, of course they're going to have problems with it. And Arkham Origins, I mean, Arkham Knight, people were like, man, I want to use a Batmobile. So, like, alright, here's a Batmobile. And everyone was like... Okay, we don't want to use the Batmobile anymore. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, I love the fact that 
going into it, I knew the Red Hood reveal. Like, I, I knew it. Like, by that then is, it was yeah, yeah, it's, it, it was, it was pretty obvious. obvious. I think, like, as soon as they announced the Arkham Knight, it was like, it's a brand new character, blah, 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 and the whole universe like, is like, Jason Todd. Yeah, yeah, it's obvious. However, but, like, you know what, you know what? The, framing of it, the framing of it is interesting, because yeah. at the very least, it wasn't the the Red Hood reveal we were accustomed to. Yeah, it was a Especially different when thing. Him, when you're given the, the flashes of how he becomes that way, like, Joker fucking wrecks that dude. Yeah. Also, uh, actually, the, I, I think, think the Joker the, the, the moment... in that game is actually it, it's using the Joker again in that game is dangerous because uh, it, the same reason I say he shouldn't have been in Justice Two because he's dead. There's no reason for him to be there. Right. Um, and his design is atrocious, but that's besides the point. In Arkham Knight, his presence could have been game breaking, and it ends up becoming one of the most interesting parts of the entire experience because he's not really a part of anything. He's just there in your head. And he shows up just to fuck with you. Or do weird shit like get shot by a bunch of guards and then snap back up and go, ha-ha, like, I'm not dead because I'm not real. What was that line he said regarding uh, sleeping, like, Catwoman's offer to have sex with Batman? Like him checking with uh, Talia? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. uh, What was I going to say? But uh, the the moment I knew it was going to be Red Hood is I was at GameStop picking up my pre-order. And the guy asked me if I wanted to buy a Red Hood t-shirt with my game. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Sales representatives. Yeah, that, God damn it, GameStop. Even for the people who didn't know, they had to have had a clue when they realized Troy Baker was voicing Red Hood and Arkham Knight and the Arkham Knight. Well, I think the problem with the reveal, too, is that um, like the game is called Arkham Knight. You're being told you have a brand new antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, who looks like the game is framed around, but the main villain is Scarecrow, and one of the biggest conflicts of the game is dealing with the Joker in Batman's head. So Arkham Knight becomes third string. Yeah, like yeah. He, he exits the game yeah. basically like towards the end, and then shows up one more time. After he exits, it, Deathstroke takes over. No, yeah, Deathstroke, yeah, only, Deathstroke only appears for a few minutes for one boss fight, and then you immediately jail him in a tank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. That's. The... Yeah, the tank stuff is... That's the problem. The problem with the Batmobile is all the forced vehicle shenanigans, and that's basically what come, it boils down to as far as it's any issue it has. It, play, it, it it drives like a dream, and it's super easy to use, but when you're like mm-hmm. forced to, in these all these weird vehicle encounters that you don't want to do, they're completely impersonal, it sucks the joy out of it. Every Arkham Knight encounter leading up to the big sniper fight with him is in a vehicle of some kind. Yeah. And it's not... Like, there's yeah. no... There's no personal stakes to it. It's like, oh, we're just going to fucking shoot these, like... Like, the first fight with him is like, it's an unmanned drone. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, it got to the point no where... Here. Yeah. It got to the point where it's like, okay, well, we're, we're doing two of these in a row. Like, there's that tunnel yeah. stuff, which I actually really like, uh, where he's, like, in the uh, drill. I actually hate I like, that sequence. Yeah, that is... I thought However, it was, I, I liked it, but it was big, I liked it because it was challenging. Is like it, he destroys the Batmobile, and you're like, "Oh, cool, it's gone," and then they give mm-hmm. you a new one immediately. I'm like, "Are you <laughs> I, fucking kidding me?" I do think <laughs> I do think Arkham Knight has the best side side missions in all of them, though. Yeah, it's uh, like Man Bat, like Professor Pig. Yeah, when Man Bat showed up, I fucking one, like. I was like, I I, oh, I, okay. I think I when, screamed. Whenever Man mm-hmm. Bat shows up to this day, I have played that. I have four active files on my Xbox One for Arkham Knight because I play it so much. And I've probably deleted a few of them, played through a few times. I played that game probably six times. On every single playthrough, when Man Bat shows up, I shriek like a child and drop the controller. <laughs> Without fail, 
every time because I'm never ready for it. It's and then when it terrifying. happens again, when the Joker does it, I was furious. Because and wait, have any of you seen that encounter? No. But oh, is, is it the yeah. after, thing? after you run into Man Bat for the first time, when he does that whole peekaboo thing on the ledge of a building, you'll be doing your whatever again, and then you'll do you'll it'll happen again, except it's the Joker, and then he laughs at you. It's I'm like I'm like you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, I, I threw my controller when that happened. That was, kinda, <laughs> that, was that that was cruel. Um, yeah, interesting. When it, when it first happened though. Like, how, was it two years ago that Arkham Knight came out? Two or three, I think. Yeah. yeah. I was like, is that, was that fucking Man Bat? <laughs> no, I was yeah. going to say before, Arkham Knight is, the Arkham games are a great lineup of Batman villains. Um, yeah. I think the Mad Hatter stuff in both of the appearances are great. Um, yeah. I uh, fucking uh, hate Riddler challenges still. Cause... Okay, the Riddler challenges by Arkham Knight become nauseating I think they're terrible ridiculous personally like find the Riddler trophies and, like the best part was solving the riddles that mm-hmm. I think is the best part of the Riddler challenges because it gives you something to actually do with the environment and you have to right. look for these little hidden lore details that's what it all is it's like he'll, he'll make a, a riddle about like fucking Poison Ivy's plant shop that you gotta go find in the middle of Arkham City or he'll make a, a, a riddle about Crime Alley um, it's something involving like Batman or like, or like something about Killer Moth like, yeah. yeah, or like, fucking, or, like um, or uh, uh, Firefly, Weedle 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 some Weedle. shit like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And like, you go into like Arkham Knight, it's like, you need to throw this Batarang through these 14 revolving <sighs> and hope it hits this switch, and then hit a second one with an electrified Batarang to lock this door behind you so Those you can really trap door. really riddles. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's... that's it's not it's just, the puzzler. It's like, it's like, welcome to yeah. Batman. God damn it. Thank you. Credit goes to... Oh, I'm watching the, the uh, Man Bat Joker thing right now. Mm. The look on your face yeah. when you saw him. Who'd have thought? The big bad Batman scared of his own reflection. I feel like the Riddler trophies were just like an excuse to use the remote control battering more than twice in the whole game because that whole mechanic becomes really boring really quickly. Yeah, the remote control battering is really just used to, like, I've never once used it to, like, in any kind of offensive capabilities. I'm like, I'm going to open this door now from 15 feet away. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. It's like the uh, the reverse battering, too. I've never used it. Yeah. There's a few, and, and, like, which is weird, because, like, most of the gadgets in those games, I will use very liberally, um, especially smoke bombs, because one of my favorite things to do is get in a perch above, like, 15 criminals and just drop a smoke bomb on them. Yeah. I'll use quick just, battering sometimes. That's about yes. it. Like, or the uh, the electrical charge yeah. because when you tr- when you get like a combo going and you hit that once, it hits like five people. <sighs> my one of my biggest problems with Arkham Knight too is the uh, the enemy layout because they for whatever reason felt it was necessary to add like several more enemy variants that can't be touched during a free flow, like an asshole yeah. with a stun baton, an asshole who's been electrified, an asshole yeah. with a gun, and then an asshole with a knife. So mm-hmm. it's just an excuse to break up your combo, and I think it's obnoxious. You know, I'm surprised. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. I'm surprised that with its success and everything, I'm surprised that there's no Wonder Woman game being developed right now. Here's the thing: I wouldn't be surprised if there was one. Like, because I, I, I would say that Gail Simone being at E3 is a pretty big something. Well, being worked yeah, on. yeah. I really she, wish that that had been like just a... Break... 
Yeah. I, I think she was meeting with somebody, honestly, but, like, it... Who knows? You just don't make... You don't make a big deal out of that. Just not... not, not There not be something. Like, well, because there are so many things that she could have been there to meet for. Like, we we, we talked about yeah. it off mic. Red like, Sonya. There could easily be a... Yeah, there could be a Sonya mission in that Conan game, um, which I'm pumped for. Um, Conan Exiles? Yeah. Because I... I we're going to talk about it on here at some point, but the 1982 movie is one of my favorite things ever. So, And that game seems to be that's heading my, for that vibe. Uh, that's one of my old boss's favorite films. God, it's so good. That um, if it wasn't for that, there would be no aliens. Yeah. Mm, elaborate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Conan, what was the sequel to Conan the Barbarian? Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, Gail Simone said that the director of that movie had uh, had the right to like like it was put in in Schwarzenegger's contract that he'd be get he'd be he'd have to like if he, if movie did well and they did a sequel he'd have to go he'd have to do the sequel. Before he did anything. Else. Oh, okay. I see where. Yeah, I see where this. So, is going. in yeah. the, while well, the, during the time that Conan the Destroyer was being worked on, Jim Cameron was work was writing was pretty much writing Aliens. Yeah, he was writing that. He was rewriting Terminator, and then he was hired by Stallone to write a draft of Rambo Two. Oh, so. I, yeah, I guess that does sort of connect. Interesting. Dino yeah. De Laurentiis is responsible for aliens. Yeah. Did you know, uh, my, one did of my you know Conan the Barbarian and H.P. Lovecraft exist in the same universe? Yes. One of my favorites. <laughs> Fuck you. Gotta listen, you gotta, I love that you gotta, so much. You gotta listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about Dino De Laurentiis because he, listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is very foreign, has a very heavy accent, do an mm-hmm. impression of another man who is very foreign has a very heavy accent is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. It's I guess, greatest. like, Arnold walked into Dino's office, and I guess it was, like, basically prepping for the role of Conan, and Dino looks at Arnold and says, eh, I cannot use you. Your accent's too thick. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess, like, halfway so through good. filming of Conan, like, Dino walks up to Arnold and just goes, eh, you are Conan, and walks away from him. <laughs> Dino De Laurentiis sounds like this fucking shriveled old Italian, like, fucking movie mob boss. Yeah. Mm, Great. So hearing, hearing Arnold make fun of somebody else's accent is gold. Because I think he makes a joke. He's like, he's like, he says my accent was too thick. He's like, have you heard yours? <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, it's, an boy. Inter- it's an interview on the Nerdist. It's one of the best Nerdist interviews I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's... Uh, that and there's a few others. I wish I listened to that show more. Yeah, the episode I got with bored of the one of the funniest things I've ever I've ever listened to too as well. The Max Landis episode is also fascinating. Of what? Yeah, the Nerdist. It's, it's interesting because Max, it, you get Max Landis is is all, is extremely interesting. Based yeah, off you, his, you, get a, his you, get mind. A, you get you get yeah you get a peek inside of his brain and you kind of get an understanding of why he is this like hyperactive, over-exaggerated, like, wacko. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, I, I kind of respect kind of how, I, I very much respect how self-aware he is, and, and I'll admit, 
he can be kind of a jerk. Um, and I think there's people in the Pixels group who are who are associates with him, who have basically said like, yeah, he's been an absolute shithead to me. But the very next day, he's coming to me apologizing, saying like, hey, I've been an asshole to you. I still think that American Alien is one of the best Superman mini stories, mini series I've ever written. His, I think his movie work, not movie, I think Chronicles great. That goes without saying. But I think this stuff he does on YouTube, where he's just kind of musing about superheroes, is some of the most fascinating stuff I've ever heard. That and his his commentary on wrestling is very interesting. His Arlen, have you seen him do Wrestling's Not Wrestling? Oh, I yeah, they have. Yeah, just if if that you is haven't really seen it, good. see it. He that, breaks down pro wrestling in a way that, like, in the way that a screenwriter would, and makes it sound... He's explaining it to you like he'd explain a TV show. Like, he's not explaining it like it's wrestling. He's explaining it from a narrative perspective, and he breaks it down he, he plot for you. plot, plot, like, point for point for point. He, yeah, and it's all... all centering around Triple H. Yeah, who yeah. is his favorite wrestler. Yeah, and, and, and Daniel Bryan, too. And, and, to, and to explain it, he has everyone gender-swapped and has a bunch of girls play all these big, strapping muscle men. And has Sam Woodward play China. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, and, all the, and some dudes are playing all the, like, all the notable female roles. It's pretty funny. And but his, um, fr- his uh, drunken, comic, drunken comic book history is great when he breaks down Death and Return of Superman. It's one of the funniest things, I think, on YouTube. And um, his uh, monologue about uh, called Regarding Clark is... Really cool uh, yeah. little watch because he breaks yeah. down Manus in a way that I didn't really think about when I first saw it. Um, yeah. I still like Man Steel, but he's like he's like he he says a very impenetrable point where he's like the last thirty minutes of that movie is terrifying. Yeah, it is. Because it's like it you're like <clears throat> we are a country who's dealt with nine eleven, and you're watching it on screen. You're like this is a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's why I think that's I, his I, most. I, my, I feel the way I feel towards Man of Steel is because. Okay, but you haven't finished the movie, Alan. That's a problem. <laughs> you actually <laughs> need to watch it. And, uh, here's the thing. Like, Zack Snyder is, like we said before, Zack Snyder is someone who can do spectacle action. And so I don't think he intended to do, like, a 9-11 allegory. Maybe he did. I don't know. If he did, he's got some fucking balls. I um, think... Yeah, why the fuck? Uh, we... So, there are two directors who I think... Um, they understand action and suspense and f- how to make a visually interesting fight scene better than anybody else, but are very capable of getting lost in the fight scene and not paying attention to how it fits into the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And those two people are Zack Snyder and Michael Bay. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, it's just it's what they do. They really get into it, and they they will spend hours on one fight scene, on one action scene, making sure it looks perfect and it looks real and it looks believable. But they forget about the context of what they're doing compared to everything else. So Zack Snyder gets yeah. so caught up in this fight scene between Zod and Clark, but he doesn't realize how powerful the 9-11 imagery he's dealing with is. And it takes him hearing comments from everybody else f- for him to say, oh, shit, uh, I, we might have overplayed that a little bit. That might not have to been appropriate. In, to the point where in Batman or Superman, someone has to say, like, this area is completely unpopulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because of the fight. results. And it's like they show a whole montage of 9-11 imagery for, like, 20 minutes. And it's not even yeah. when him and Zod have fought already. Or, or it's before they've even fought, 
and then they do yeah, it they, again the, for the, another it's the 30 fucking, minutes. It's the gravity machine that's doing it first. Yeah, and it just becomes too much. Um, it, so it's like, well, I, I wish think, we had I Ed think, here I, to... I think another issue is, like, the Smallville disaster was also in the same film, and, like, yeah. Clark, Clark essentially <laughs> helps... He doesn't. I mean, he's also fighting, like, five Kryptonians at the same time who were also being completely reckless. I thought it I was still... just Zod and Farrah. Oh, no, Zod shows up with a small band of Kryptonians. And one of them, I don't know his name, but it's, what it's again, it's weird for me to say I hate this whole sequence because it's breathtakingly awesome. It's this, like, seven-foot-tall Kryptonian who absolutely yeah. throttles Clark for, like, three minutes. <laughs> yeah, kind of he's, awesome. Was he he's supposed to be the one dude Clark? from the old he's movies, like, he, but non? He, basically, yeah. he, grabs, yeah. he grabs Clark by the ankles and just patty whacks him on the sidewalk like 15 times. Yeah, it's pretty good. He, I like he, the Smallville he, stuff a he, lot. He Hulk Loki's him, basically. Yeah. I think at some point yeah. he slams him on the cement, and then Clark bounces, and then he kicks him mid-bounce into a building. I'm like, that is some cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but like at the same they, time, you're they like... They do that weird scene with the IHOP. Yeah, and then he gets a weird product placement. Then the, uh, then the 7-Eleven... Then the Denny's, yeah. then this, then <laughs> look, the Denny's no... is kind of funny. Look, okay, there's then Jim Cornette shows up out of nowhere. People can do product placement all they want because there's gonna be no movie in the world that is egregious as egregious with it as iRobot. Yeah, where Will that Smith, movie... like, Will Smith yeah. basically puts his foot on the table. He's like, "Yeah, these are classic Converse shoes. What's of it?" Yeah, it gets it gets and then he, to and then he, some and then he, like, and then he picks up his iPod and screen view and is like, "Yeah, of course it's an iPod. What of it?" Yeah, am I the only one that feels that there are big some big mis miscasts in Man of Steel? Which one name, in particular? Uh, Najakhan. <laughs> he's one of them. Three characters. No, he's badly written, or he's improperly written. Yeah, he's not miscast. Well, not well. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> pretty much two people. Yeah. Amy Adams. I don't think she's miscast. She's I think a that she's, non, she's a non-traditional Lois Lane, but she works. I she's un and she's underwritten just a little yeah. bit. But uh, Diane I don't Lane. think again. I don't think she's miscast. I think she's well, perfect. No, I think the problem with that is that like Diane Lane and Henry Cavill are like fifteen years apart. Yeah, that's the issue. It's like Marissa Tomei being Aunt May. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. Like, it's just his aunt, so she doesn't have to be old and crusty. But it's it's. It's fucking Marissa Tomei. There's no way you can't make her look just drop dead gorgeous. Yeah, which I guess is appropriate because then the jokes they can Aunt make Bay. with Tony Stark were yeah, Aunt Bay, uh with Tony Stark were fantastic. Yeah, the the Aunt May thing has always been an issue for me because like that's my aunt looks like that. <laughs> yeah, I just like, I, uh, I love the idea of them going from Sally Fields to Marissa Tomei. Yeah, yeah, you could so, have a bigger did you know, like, like, isn't Aunt May in the comic books and they just drew her like an old woman? Yes. Yeah. Which, like, I'm fairly like, certain why, she's not. Why is it? Why is his aunt so fucking old? <laughs> because in the because in the 60s your parents were old. That's how uh, I've always read that's that. That's why. That's why I have no problem with someone like as old as Marissa Tomei being as old. Marissa Tomei is like in her 50s and still looks like she's in her 30s. Right. Um, but like, also, people it, look younger than they used to. Yes, <laughs> Cary yes, Grant looked. Uh, Cary Grant was in his forties when he was twenty-five. I mean, Jesus we Christ. Tom, we mentioned Tom Cruise before. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise looks incredible. And he's also, what, 51? We, something like that. Oh, we also we watched the Ninja Turtles movie, 
the actress who plays April O'Neil in the Turtles movie looks the same as she does that looks the same now as she did she then. is drop dead gorgeous she is ridiculous she looks like she looks perfect um there's she, only, uh, there's one part i guess she was in the the turtles reboot as a little cameo role and i missed her entirely there's one person yeah there's a lot of things to miss in those really? movies there's one person <laughs> in men's Hill who i think was perfectly <laughs> like the plot. cast yeah, yeah, that was the joke. Is it, it Feora? Because I think Feora was breathtaking in Man of Steel. Yeah, no, uh, I don't think Harry, there's any miscasts. Harry Lennox, really. a.k.a. Barack Obama. <laughs> oh, yeah. the black dude. Yeah, he's Cal- great. Swanick. I think he's good in everything. Swanwick. I um, no, I think I think the Kryptonians, who they got to play the Kryptonians, are, just, are all, I mean, Michael Shannon aside, are all supremely talented. And I yeah. wish, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I think it's Antje Trau is the one who plays Feora. It's like A-N-T-J-E-T-R-A-U. She's super German, and she was in Pandorum. What? It's one of my favorite sci-fi horror movies the last few years, even if it's kind of, it's, it, it's yeah, a little Ange weird. Yeah, Antje Trau. Yes, she is stunning in Man of Steel. She, one, I mean, she looks great in the suit, and two, she looks like she could rip my heart out and not blink. Uh, she's visually yeah, she, resting she in that movie. Like really good. Um, she's my, one of my favorite parts of the film. That and I think Michael Shannon steals the whole film at some point and just runs away with it. I even sure when his fucking wax dummy showed up in Batman Superman. I was like, yeah, there he is. It's not really him, but there he is. Yeah. She has, I, I said his, I said his, his eyebrows needed their own score yeah. in, in Man of Steel. <laughs> God damn Everything it. he does is just so intense. Have you, has any of you watched? Have you watched him read the real sorority letter um, on Funny or Die? He sits no. there and, like he sits. Oh, he that sits sounds and, fascinating. Like, he sits and monologues this like this viral letter that some sorority mother, I guess, sent to her house. It's this like file cutting letter about how like she needs the house to like start like behaving themselves and like. Uh, fraternize with the uh, the frat houses and stuff like that, and like it's. I think the phrase "cunt punt" is said in this letter, and Michael Shannon says this, and he's, and he's reading this letter as he's reading this letter as serious as he possibly can. And there's a gif you can find where he just says like, "If you don't do this, punch yourself in the face, so I don't have to find you and do it for you." And I think it was like there's like slow foreboding music playing in the background. There's like multiple camera angles, and I think at the end he's just shouting. It's the fucking best. I love Michael Shannon. I'm gonna put it in the chat when we're all done. Which I think will probably be a few minutes. It's going like 90 minutes now. We're just we're spiraling about. As I say, Michael Michael Shannon. Shannon, Or my respect. Went in. uh, What was that movie with uh, Nick Nick Cage and? uh, something Pena, Michael Michael Pe- Michael Pena. Oh, shit! What movie you're talking about? It was nine eleven movie. Oh, um, was it World Trade? Fuck. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and that wasn't Michael Pena. That was um, what was it? Michael Michael? I know my, my, he might be in it, but it's also um, it's the kid fr- Jay Hernandez. He's from the kid from Hostel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Michael Shannon is also in that movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt where he's a bike messenger. <laughs> Which, by the way, is not a uh, bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it's pretty it's actually, good. It's pretty good, and Michael Shannon has probably one of the funniest death scenes I've ever seen in that film. Where I'm, I'm not. Yeah, it's ashamed of spoiling a, a five-year-old movie. Someone just caps him in the back of the head instead of just dropping dead instantly. He just he stumbles, grabs the back of his head, and goes. Wah! 
like fucking Skeletor. Like, <laughs> God damn it. And he just falls over. I love Premium Rush. Premium Rush is movie. great. Uh, Michael Shannon that, is just... That, that trailer uh, hit, and I was like, that trailer hit, and I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then I saw it in theaters, I was like, this is pretty good. <laughs> mm. Mostly because, like, like, I sat there and is. pondered the idea of, like, driving a bike in a very, like, heavily traffic, like, traffic-oriented city with no brakes. I'm like, Oof. man, if you get fucking hit, you are dead. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, they're fine. Yeah, and, like, I think his whole character's gimmick is, like, he doesn't use the handbrake, I guess it is? He has a pedal brake? Nope. Yeah, I guess. I guess most. I think that's what it is. Yeah, they have they have handbrakes, so it's more. It's you know. It's it's you know. There's. I guess there's some stopping range, and like it's more instantaneous. And like I guess he uses a pedal brake, so like so he can like take out more gears or add more gears in his bike. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I just yeah. found a gif yeah. of the the video that Connor was talking about, and just <laughs> <laughs> Michael Shannon saying, "No, you stupid fucking assets." God damn it. I'm going to put it in the chat and we're done. We're all going to watch it. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah. I think we can start to wrap. My mouth is getting very dry. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah, I guess that's good. We can finish on Michael yeah, Shannon. This has, been a, this has been an uproariously energetic After Dark special. <laughs> yeah. Um, one last suggestion for Michael Shannon. Uh, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Um, oh, that. yes. If you like to see Michael Shannon go off the deep end, then there will be no greater satisfaction than watching Boardwalk Empire. What is he? he doesn't he attack someone with an iron? Yes. He, he, it's a hot iron, isn't it? Like, he beats the piss out of this guy with a fucking hot iron. He works and in only... this office for a whole season, and he's, like, trying to be good, and he's trying not to hurt anybody or, like, lose his temper. Yeah, because he he's, like, lose a his really da- dangerous criminal, right? Well, he's like a he's a former um he's a former, drug he's agent. A former, yes, and he's yeah. trying to play it straight, and like his coworkers just keep relen- like relentlessly fucking with him. Yeah, to the point where he snaps in one of the most epic, hysterical, brutal ways. One because like if it was any other actor, you'd be like, wow, that's pretty effective, and that's pretty shocking. But it's Michael Shannon who has the aura of like an angry drunk relative who stands across the room and just stares at you with a loaded weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's he's terrifying. Like, and he's he like a foot taller that, like, than everybody around him. Yeah, and when he unloads this dude you're like this is the best and most frightening thing I have seen in a long time. Mhm. It's so what? good. Funny to me. What? <laughs> Michael Shannon sitting in the corner with a gun. When you first meet him, like he's whipping himself with a belt. Yeah, like, <laughs> like there's. Can you, imagine, can you imagine Michael Shannon just sitting and like you walk home when you turn your lights on? Like there's Michael Shannon, and he's just sitting there with like an empty bottle of Jack, and like he's just spinning the chamber with a revolver, <laughs> and he's like, "Let's play a game." It's so good. <laughs> it's a game like, called. We're gonna I'm remake gonna the Shining. Fucking mouth, and you're gonna pull the trigger. I'm gonna watch. Oh, I just thought of I really knew Michael that Shannon as, because he scares me so much. Like it, <clears throat> it, it, it wouldn't be getting, like he's like, let's play Russian roulette, except I'm gonna watch and you're gonna play. <laughs> I am Michael. Roulette. Michael, I think you've had enough to drink. I'll tell you what, I've had enough to drink. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so All good. Right. I think we can close yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah. I need some water so badly. Yeah, boy, let's, um, let's finish this up. This has been an absolutely insane episode of the Phantom Zone. I don't know where we started or how we got here. This is yeah. a big, yep. a big, tumbling whirl of energy.
Yes, um, which probably speaks to us and for how long we've been doing this. Um, but everyone can look forward to some comic-centric stuff coming up over the summer. Uh, we're going to talk about Ultimatum at some point and how fucking awful it is. Yeah. Uh, and some other comic-centric stuff. We're going to cover Preacher. We're going to cover The Tick. Yep. We're going to cover Defenders. We're going to cover all the stuff that comes back in the CW in the fall. And all that jazz. <laughs> no. 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 Well, an episode. <laughs> maybe one. Yeah. Possibly, maybe, sort of, kind of, one episode of the... Of if the, we need it. One yeah. last episode to make fun of Scott Buck. That's what we'll... Yeah. Good. And if it's bad as I hope it is, we're going to buck the buck and never talk about him again. <laughs> yep. That That's could right. be as bad as I see... Hashtag buck the, the buck. Buck the buck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Connor McGraw. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Wesker Commander. Um, I don't really have anything else to add at this point. Uh, you can follow you can me on Twitter what? at... <laughs> you can find Twitter at... And Twitter you can... at Davenport. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at A.A. Haro. Um, yeah. Uh, com for writing and stuff. Yeah. You can find my Twitter at Report where I will talking about Titanfall 2 earlier and how good it is and how I understand why everyone's so obsessed with Uh, You can find my tomorrow. There are things, I promise. I'm just really busy. Uh, And and, uh, that's about it. That's all. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at TheAlamir because I'm Twitter's TheAlamir. Twitter's Twitter's own Alamir. Uh, you can. That's right. When are we gonna start calling you Twitter's son of Twitter's Alan Moore or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Just totally tied off the gimmick from Mr. Nice Theater, where where Pat Oswalt is the is TV's son of TV's Frank. <laughs> that's a that's a joke for people my age, and that's about it. <laughs> you know, my age of of seventy eight years old, according to some people who I might work with and some people on this show. Um. And some co-workers who I no longer have to see who told me I was half-dead when I turned 30. So there's that. <laughs> anyway, if we don't have anything else to plug, that's been the Phantom Zone. And uh, goodbye, to the Game Hour. Yes, subscribe. Game Hour. Subscribe. And uh, props theme to song. Eric Dudley. Our theme song is done by Eric Dud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's great. It's that's wonderful. our boy. We out. Yeah. We out. Fuck X Men Apocalypse. Video game out. Bye. Fuck X Men Apocalypse. Jet black eyes, baby. They stare while you sleep. When your Titanic sink, I'm the one you gon' meet.